Tonight I have a message uh, uh, of hope, a message in regards to uh, our eternity with God. Tonight we're going to look at the eternal state, uh, the new earth and the new Jerusalem. I want you to bow your hearts with me as we ask the Lord to bless his word. Father, we love you. It's always a privilege, again, uh, to stand before you. And Lord, as we stand tonight before your people, we ask uh, by your Holy Spirit, we ask that you would open the scriptures, open the word of God to our hearts. Lord, give us clarity regarding our eternal future, the home of the redeemed. Uh, give us clarity, Lord. Let it uh, excite us. Let it uh, charge us up to realize uh, what you have in store for us. And Lord, uh, help us, dear God, to make a, a dying world that don't know you. Help us to make them jealous about our future, where they would want to come to you, dear God. So, Lord, we thank you now and we glorify you now in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, I really like making the world jealous about our future. You know, uh, what it does, it has a tendency to stir their hearts. Uh, as always, again, we're in the church age and where we're looking tonight, we're going all the way over to the eternal state. We're going to see some uh, beautiful things regarding our eternal home, uh, our future with God. And we're going to let the word of God help us tonight, give us some understanding. Uh, this is a wonderful quote. I like this quote. Uh, it's, it's found in a book called Heaven by Randy Alcorn. He said, we have failed to explore and explain the biblical magnificence. I mean, uh, we have failed to explore and explain uh, the Bible's magnificent teaching about heaven. No wonder a flood of unbiblical thinking has rushed in to fill the vacuum. Because the human heart cries out for answers about the afterlife, our uh, silence on heaven is particularly striking. He goes on to say, the truth is, in our seminaries and churches and families, we have uh, given, little, uh, amaz given amazingly little attention to the place where we will live forever with Christ uh, and his people. The new earth in the new universe, it's about, listen, I love this so much. This, you know, where we're going is going to be so beautiful. But he said, uh, it's a subject I found to be fascinating, thrilling, uh, and life-changing. And I found it that, that same way. You know, there's times when you go through struggle and you feel like you feel like giving up, you know, but you think about the end of the story. And as I think about the end of the story, it gives me grace to continue on in the midst of the tests or the season that we're in. You know, a lot of people give up because they have absolutely no hope at all. And uh, what God has in store for us is so beautiful. Uh, as always, I'm a topical teacher. I'm going to give you a few topics tonight here. Why a new heaven and a new earth? Why? Um, is the earth eternal? A lot of people think that planet Earth is going to be totally destroyed, never ever to exist again. A nuclear bomb is going to blow us up. Uh, people got all kind of weird ideas. Uh, then the promise of a new earth. Uh, and then the new Jerusalem. We're going to look at the new Jerusalem. And then we're going to close up looking at the living conditions of the eternal state. Now, this is an action-packed uh, few minutes. So I want you to hang with me as we go. Uh, first of all, we're going to answer the question, why a new heaven and a new earth? Why? Uh, well, we know this current one we're on is, is, is in trouble. It's contaminated. In the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Look at the picture there. Because of Adam and Eve, they plunged humanity into a terrible state. We were all born in sin, the Bible says. Uh, but I want to zero in on something here. The Bible says because of sin, sin, the scripture says it entered into the world. Why we need a new world, a new heaven? Because sin has entered into this one. 
uh, we're going to see again that Jesus has already remedied that problem. Uh, I mean, you would agree with me tonight that this world is, is, in, is in a terrible situation. But you know it's not going to stay that. I thank God for it. Uh, as a result of Adam's sin, we know this. In the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, the Bible said that God cursed the earth. Uh, he cursed the ground. And the scripture says, uh, uh, thorns and thistles went into the earth. Uh, here, here in verse 17, it says, Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the, tree, of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread. Till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto the dust shall thou return. God cursed Adam and Eve because of sin. God cursed everything under Adam's dominion. Uh, Adam would work, and he would work by the sweat of his brow because of sin. And again, the current world we're living in uh, is, that, is that same world that's been contaminated. But I love this. When Jesus died to pay the price to redeem mankind, the crown of thorns placed on his head represented the curse. So in his death, he redeemed the planet Earth as well. Now, we know Jesus died to redeem us. We're born again today. But guess what? He also died to redeem our creation. Tonight we're looking at the new heavens and the new earth. We're going to see where we are headed. Uh, we, we are headed to a new heaven and a new earth that's been redeemed. Uh, when Jesus went to Calvary's cross, you know, they uh, braided that, uh, that crown of thorns. And when they put that crown of thorns in his forehead, it represents him paying the price to redeem uh, creation. I love Romans 5 verse 19. It says, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Because what Christ has done, he has rectified the problem. Not only has he fixed it for us as the redeemed, but he's also fixed it for creation. Our eternity is going to be beautiful. This is one reason why I tell Christians, hang in there. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. towel. I don't care what you're going through. Stay with God. Because where we are headed is going to be so beautiful. Uh, I, I love this. In Romans chapter 8, verses 21 through 23, Paul actually testifies uh, to the fact that there's coming a change here. He said, because the creature itself shall also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Not only are we redeemed, but guess what? Planet Earth uh, will also come under uh, this renovation. Uh, planet Earth will be born again one day. The bondage of corruption that entered into planet Earth will one day be lifted, and therefore, it's going to give us a brand new Earth and a brand new heaven. Now, I want to quote this uh, gentleman. His name is Dr. Oliver B. Uh, Green in his book on Bible prophecy. He's, he's talking about the current state and situation of the world. Listen to what he says. It matters not where we travel, nor where we look. Our eyes meet misery. Pain, tears, woe, death, and decay. As we look upon the fields and the mountains, we see the scourge of uh, barrenness. We behold the, the fury of the elements in a mighty storm. Uh, we also look in here in, in Southern California at the fury of the fires. Man, a lot of people have lost property these past few days. We see the destructive and murderous instinct of the animal kingdom. The very laws which govern vegetation spells out death and decay. A tree grows, it dies, it decays and returns to the dust. An animal is born, it grows, and even if it is not killed and devoured by another, its lifespan is short. 
It dies in a few years or months and returns to the ground. Death, decay, and groaning are everywhere. In the air, in the land, in the sea, we need but listen in order to hear the cry of the universal suffering and woeful sigh of uh, woeful sigh and groanings which perpetually ascend from the entire creation. Listen, this world is in a mess. How many would agree? It doesn't matter where you go. I mean, everywhere you go, you see it. He goes on to say this. Therefore, because of the curse, nature is prevented from putting forth her powers and manifesting her real beauty and grandeur. Creation is, is gravely handicapped and marred because of the curse. And all that nature produces is doomed to death. Because of the curse, nature is compelled, listen at this, to slay her own offspring. For example, animals devour each other in order to maintain life. But one day, this will no longer be. The curse will be lifted and all creation will be delivered from the bondage of corruption and from the slavery of the curse. There's coming a day, saints, our eternity is going to be beautiful. There's coming a day we're going to spend eternity on a beautiful world where there will be no more sickness, sorrow, death, pain. Man, I long for that. This is my hope. This is what I look for. And the scriptures has given it to us. Now, is the earth eternal? Some would argue that the world is not eternal. Well, the world is eternal. Uh, even though we have all this chaotic stuff going on, all this craziness is going on, uh, the earth is eternal. But we also see that God has a plan uh, uh, to rectify the problem. So we're going to look at some things here. Let me give you some, some few verses here to show you that this world is eternal. Look at this. Psalm 104, verse 5. The psalmist wrote, he says, talking about God who laid the foundations of the earth. Listen to this. That it should not be removed. How long? Forever. Guess what? When God made planet Earth, he made the earth to exist Forever. It's going, to, it's going to last forever. Look at this one. Ecclesiastes 4.1. One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth does what? Abideth how long? Forever. It was always the will of God for this world to exist forever. We're going to see it again as we go forward. Look at this. Psalm 148, verses 3 through 8. The psalmist wrote, Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that are above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. Listen to this. He have also established them for how long? Forever and ever. And he have made a decree that shall not pass. God made this place to live forever. Now, we know Adam messed up things. He created a little blip in the program, but God had a plan and a remedy to redeem it. We're going to see as we go forward, man, our future with God is going to be awesome. Don't give up, saints. Hang in there. Look at this. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. It says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and decay and night shall not cease. You know, when we go into the eternal world, we're going to still have day and night. We're going to still have summer and winter. Yeah, that's always the will of God. Our future is going, to, it's going to look just like it looks today. Look at this one, Proverbs 2, verse 21. He said, for the upright shall dwell in the land. Listen at this. And the perfect 
shall remain in it. The perfect meaning, the redeemed, those that have, that have been born again. He said, they shall remain in it. Now, as we go forward, we're going to see some beautiful things uh, as the word unravels. Look at this one. I love this one. Psalm 102, verse 25 and 26. He says, listen at this. Of old hast thou laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hand. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Listen at this. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As a vesture shall thou change them, and they shall be changed. See, this current world we're living on today is like, a, like, it's like an old garment. And the Bible says here that God, he's going to change it. So I'm looking forward to this, this old garment, this old world going to be cast off, and we're going to have a brand new world. He's going he's to change it. And, you know, it reminds me of the scripture where the Bible talks about when we are glorified. The Bible says that uh, in, in Philippians uh, 3.20, the Bible said that he would change this vile body that it might be fashioned like unto his glorious body. There's, there's a change coming. Just like we're going to be changed and glorified, guess what? Planet Earth will also be changed. God's going to change its garments, and we're going to have a brand, a brand new world. Now, let's look at the promise of a new earth. Now, in looking at this promise of new earth, we're going to also see uh, that God has to do something first in order to bring in a new, a new world. Uh, there's going to be some deconstruction first before he, he gives us, the, uh, gives us the, the beautiful picture that he, that he promised. But we're going to see here uh, that God has promised some amazing things in the scriptures here. Uh, here we go. Uh, this is Revelation chapter 20, verse number 11. This is, this is dealing with the great white throne judgment. This is when God is judging the unredeemed. They are standing before the, the white throne of God. But there's something interesting in the text here of Revelation 20, verse 11. John wrote, he says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face, listen at this, the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Many scholars believe, and I also believe as well, that at the time of the great white throne judgment, this is when planet Earth will go under its renovation. The current world that we know today, when we see it the next time, we won't, we, we, we won't know it as the world that we lived in. It's going to be a brand new world. But guess what? This current world, uh, there is a time where God's going to, he's going to give it a fire baptism. He's going to purify. He's going to, he's going to, uh, he's going to change the elements uh, of a world that's been condemned. Now, look at Peter here. I love this. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through uh, 12. Peter wrote this. He says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which, listen at this, the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. That's coming a day that the heavens, the sky, the universe we see is going to come under uh, the fire, the purifying fire of God. Not only uh, the heavens, he says, uh, uh, he says, uh, uh, the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Now, what God's going to do, God's going to burn up planet Earth. It's going to come under fire renovation. Now, I'm looking at your eyes, you're saying, well, Brother Perkins, if there's going to be burned up, where are we going to be? Uh, well, I'll tell you what we're going to be. I believe this. I believe when the white throne judgment is going on, I believe that we're going to be there in, uh, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the throne room of heaven uh, as we are there to, to witness God's judgment, judging of the unredeemed. 
I don't believe that there'd be no humanity on planet Earth at the time of this renovation. Uh, while we're at the white throne judgment, as God is judging the unredeemed, God's going to use us to help vindicate his judgment uh, on the unredeemed as well. But God's going to judge the world. And while the world is being judged there, planet Earth is going to come under this fire renovation. Look what he says. Peter wrote, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be, ye to be in all conversation and godliness, looking for that, uh, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Planet Earth has a day in the future. Now think about this. I'm reminded of the first time God destroyed planet Earth. You remember when that happened the first time? When was that? Noah. Now God destroyed the world of that day. Now he didn't destroy Earth as far as we know it, I mean, earth still existed. And this is exactly what God's going to do this time, except this time he's going to purify it with fire. He's going to remove all the elements, all of the, all of the sin. Uh, he's going to remove the curse. Everything that have contaminated this current world that we know, God's going to purify it with his holy fire. And the scripture says, you know, we look for new heavens and a new earth. I love this. Look at this. Verse 13 and 14, Peter said, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for what? New heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. He said, wherefore, beloved, seeing that thou look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and without uh, blame, uh, blameless, without spot and blameless. Listen to this. He said here, wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things. Are you looking for the new world? You know, the, the problem today is that many people are hunkering down in this one. Now, I've said many times, it doesn't mean as a prophecy teacher, we're not heavenly minded, that we're no earthly good. No, I want to live a good life here. I want to take care of my family. I want to love humanity. I want to do whatever, whatever, I, want to, whatever I can to, to make it better for everybody. But you know something? I, I also have a revelation that this world is not my home. Uh, everything here has been contaminated. Everything here has an expiration date on it. Yeah, everything does. I mean, you heard me say before, I mean, it doesn't matter what you have, new car, new house, it doesn't matter. It has an expiration date on this side. The curse is still there. You know, my wife and I, we watched this thing on Facebook. They had this, uh, this car back from the 50s. Uh, what they did, they, uh, uh, they were trying to preserve this car, and what they was going to do, they buried this car. Supposedly, they sealed it up in cement, and, and what's going to happen in 50, 30, 50, 40, 50-some years later, they would, they would pull it out of the ground, and this family who, who, who won the raffle would actually get this car. Well, when they pulled that baby up, they didn't realize that water can get through anything, and they pulled up a rust bucket. Go online and look at it. It was amazing. I looked at it, I said, that's proof that this world is corrupted. I mean, when it, when it went into the ground, they had it in cellophane. You know, of that day, they thought, man, we got it wrapped. It's, it's protected, you know. They sealed it up in this, in this concrete thing, put all that dirt on it. That baby was full of water. Yeah, corrupted, rust ate it up. Listen, saints, where we going and what we're going to spend eternity is going to be so, so beautiful. Look at this. I love this. This is a promise for the redeemed here. Here, the psalmist wrote, he says, in Psalms 37, 11, he says, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. This is future. 
This is not just talking about now. This is talking about the future. When we step into the eternal world, the Bible said we're going to inherit that world, but it's going to be a world that's going to have abundance of peace. I cannot wait for that peace. No more elections. Oh, boy, thank you, Jesus. Oh, my God. No more hanging chads, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, I'm longing for the day when we step into eternity, saints. It's going to be awesome. Look at this, verse uh, 29 of Psalms 37. It says, the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein for how long? Forever. Listen, saints, our eternity with God is going to be an eternal existence. We're going to live on, on earth we're going to live on the land. We're going to live in an eternal world forever. You know, sometimes it's really hard to get Christians to look at eternity being forever. It's even harder to get Christians to look at they're going to spend eternity on uh, earth that's going to be forever. You know, we've been so taught and so just uh, the world has taught us all this crazy stuff, you know. Uh, you know, we're going to go to heaven. Uh, we're going to get wings. We're going to fly on clouds. We're going to do, you know, all this wacky stuff that's totally unbiblical. You know, the Bible is very clear. We will spend eternity upon planet Earth the way God meant it in the very beginning. It's going to be beautiful. Our families will be there. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be an awesome thing. Look at this, Matthew, again, 5. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The earth will be given to us uh, as an inheritance. Jesus paid the price to redeem it. Uh, and we're going to spend eternity. Look at this one. Very familiar passage. We know this one. Uh, John 14, verses 2 and 3, Jesus said this, In my Father's house are many mansions, are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, we do know that the, the saints will be raptured. We're going to be raptured with Christ. So we'll be called to be with him. But there's coming a day. We're going to come back with Christ in the second coming. Uh, he's going to judge uh, the Antichrist and then go into the millennial kingdom, fulfill prophecy. But then he's going to have the white, God have the white throne judgment where he judged the unredeemed. Planet Earth will go under its fire renovation. And the Bible talks about God's house or this tabernacle of God that's going to come out of heaven upon this brand new world. Jesus said, in my father's house, or in my father's tabernacle are those dwelling places. Guess what? Guess what, saints? When Christ come, when we come back with Christ, and, 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 and uh, uh, once, uh, once Christ has, has renovated planet Earth and he's dealt with all of the sin of the world and we step into the new world, Father God's house will come down upon the new earth and there is where we will have those beautiful mansions or dwelling places. I'm longing for that. I cannot wait for it. Look at this. Here's another uh, uh, showing us that there's promise of a new earth. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11, look at this. Verse 16, it says, talking about the patriarchs of old. Uh, Hebrews 11 is called the Hall of Faith, okay? Uh, the, uh, Abraham, all the patriarchs. It says, but now they, Abraham, all these guys, they desire a better country that is what? An heavenly one. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he have prepared for them what? A city. See, the Bible said, Abraham, the patriarchs of old, they are longing and desiring for a better country. The country they were in and the country we're in today is not their eternal home. But they long for a better country. They long for one that was heavenly, or in other words, they long for an eternal home, an eternal city. The scripture says here, 
For God hath prepared for them a city. Look here, uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 14. Look at this. The, the writer of Hebrew wrote this. For here, planet Earth right now, for here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. See, right now, this is temporary. Everything about planet Earth today is temporary. See, right now, we don't have a continuing city. We don't have an eternal world right now. Uh, this world is contaminated. God has to has to remedy the problem of sin. God has to rid this world of sin before uh, that eternal or continuing city come out of heaven upon the new earth. And I tell you, man, I long for it. I'm longing for the continuing city. This is one reason why I have such a heart for the loss. You know, uh, I made a statement earlier in my prayer about making the world jealous about our eternity. I like making the world jealous, man. Make them jealous. You know, listen, listen, listen what God, this is what God is going to do for us. The Bible says that God had prepared this for us. I like making the world jealous about our eternity. And then they question you, well, well, can I get in on that? You betcha you can. You receive Jesus as your Savior, and guess what? He's prepared it for you as well. Our future is going to be beautiful. Now, the New Jerusalem. Let's look at the New Jerusalem. And I can only go so far with this, but the New Jerusalem, man, I love this. This is the tabernacle of God. This is God's, uh, God's house that's going to come down upon the new earth. And again, we're going to be a part of it. Uh, Dr. David Jeremiah, from his book, Escape the Coming Night, he said this. The longing for a future glorious city of God can be traced back as far as the Old Testament patriarchs. Abraham was looking forward to a city which foundations whose architect and builder is God. Hebrews chapter 11, 10. Paul mentioned this city uh, in a letter to the Galatians. He called it Jerusalem, which is above. He, he wrote that in Galatians 4.26. The New Jerusalem is just one of several names given to this future city of God. It is also called the Holy City, the Holy Jerusalem, and Mount Zion. This is where we're going to spend eternity as the glorified, as the redeemed, we'll be able to go into the new, uh, new, new, uh, new city in and out at will. And it's going to be beautiful. I want to quote uh, Dr. Mark Hitchcock. He said, the glory of God will be the main feature of this city. Revelation 21, verses 11 and 23. It is described in terms of light, precious stones, and gold polished as mirror brilliance. Uh, the celestial skyline dazzled as the light of God shines on the beauty of the city. The glory of God will be overpowering and overwhelming. The flashing city is 1,500 miles cube. The holies of holies in the tabernacle, this is during time of Moses, uh, 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 tabernacle, the dwelling place of God on earth was a perfect cube measuring 15 feet uh, on every side. Likewise, the holies of holies in Solomon's temple was 30 feet cube. The new Jerusalem also is a perfect cube. We'll, uh, uh, it will be like a huge holies of holies, a cosmic temple where God dwells for all eternity. It's going to be awesome. Now, you know, about God, Scripture says that God's going to, he's going to dwell in this city. You know, God's not going to make nothing that he's not going to be uh, pleased with. The new Jerusalem, when it comes out of heaven upon the new earth, it's going to be so beautiful. We cannot even imagine what it's going to look like. But I tell you this, Jesus paid the price that you will be there. He's already paid your, your admission ticket. You're guaranteed to be there. 
And I can't wait to be there. Uh, in Revelation chapter uh, 21, I want to just read a few verses here, talking about this new Jerusalem. John wrote, he says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. See, getting back to this earth, the current world that we know will be passed away, and God's going to renovate it. It's going to come under fire of God, and we're going to have a brand new world. He said, and there was no more sea. Now, upon the new world, the Bible says no more sea. So most scholars believe, and I believe this as well, that there will be more landmass for population upon the new world. Now, we will have oceans and rivers and fountains, but for some reason, the scripture says no more sea. And uh, you want to question God about it? When you get to heaven, you can talk to God about it. Maybe he'll tell you why. As long as I'm there, I'm fine and happy, saints. Verse 2. John says, and I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God, the house of God, the dwelling place of God, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. You know, it was always the heart of God that he fellowship with mankind. This was always the will. When God created Adam and Eve in the beginning, the Bible said that God would come down and fellowship with Adam in the, in the cool of the day. He would fellowship with mankind. And when Adam sinned, he broke fellowship with God. So what did God do? God had Moses to make a tabernacle, a, a dwelling place for God. And God had this tabernacle. It was so rigid. The laws were so rigid. God said, if I'm going to come down, you got to make this thing holy. It has to be, has to be holy and purified. If I'm going to step on that ground, because God said, I want to fellowship with you. God said, it has to be holy. That tabernacle was so rigid, man. Uh, the scripture even said in the Old Testament, if, if, uh, if a stranger wandered upon the tabernacle, the Bible says the Israelis were commanded to put them to death. This, this tabernacle, oh, it, was, it was sanctified, it was holy. And God set rules where mankind couldn't just come there. The high priest could only go once a year into the holies of holies where the presence of God was. But let me tell you something, saints. What Christ has done for us, he has granted us access into the presence of God. Not only that, but the Bible says we can boldly enter into his presence. Because what Christ has done, we will be able to be a part of this new world we will be able to, to go into God's tabernacle. We'll be able to see Father God on the throne. Man, I cannot. I, look, I'm going to look at God. Hear me. I'm going to go to the throne. I'm, 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 I'm covered by the blood. I have my glorified body. I'm going to the throne to see Father God. And guess what? I won't burn up either. I won't burn up. Yeah. This thing is real with me, man. I'm, I'm wow. What big eyes you have. <laughs> oh, my God, what big nose you have, Father. <laughs> Father, I love your smile. Let me tell you some things. Listen, listen, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go. We're going to see him face to face. But the Bible says the tabernacle of God is going to dwell with men. Look at verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. I'm going to explain, talk about that a little bit, little bit more in a few minutes here. He shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. The old life, the old world is passed away. Our future with God is going to be so beautiful. You know, we need to encourage our loved ones about eternity. A lot of people, they don't want to know revelation, but you know some revelation ends in a beautiful situation. 
It really does. Verse five. And he that sat on the throne said, this is God talking. Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, right, for these words are true and faithful. God says, I'm going to make all things new. I'm going to make everything new. We're going to have a brand new world, saints. This is what God has prophesied for us. This is what, this is what the scripture says we're going to have in eternity. And I'm longing for the day when it happens. Now, in this new Jerusalem, this new Jerusalem is going to be amazing because the Bible gives us some details about it. You can look at Revelation 21 and 22 because it gives more description about it. But this city will have walls great and high, 12 gates or 12 pearly gates, and each gate will have an angel assigned to each gate. Each gate will have the names of the 12 tribes of Israel written in these gates. So one will have the gate, gate have Judah, one will have Zabulon, one will have uh, uh, Reuben. I mean, it's going to have the names of the 12 tribes in the pearly gates. Three gates to the north, the south, east and the west. The wall of the city, it had 12 foundations in which, listen at this, the foundation of the city will have the 12 apostles' names written in it. And I love this. The foundation is the apostles' teaching. The foundation we have here is the foundation. This is what we stand on is our foundation. Where God's going to put the foundation of the New Jerusalem, he's going to have the 12 apostles' name written in there. The city's length and width and height were all equal, a perfect cube. The city measured 1,500 miles square. You do the math. 1,500 miles for a city is massive, but it's going to be square. It's going to be just 1,500 miles long, high, width. I mean, it's going to be a cube, the city will. And some people try to say, well, the earth cannot sustain that kind of weight. You've got to realize God is renovating planet earth. Amen. Not only that, you're talking about the creator of earth in the beginning anyway. He's a creator. If God needs to make it bigger, make the earth bigger. God do what he wants. He's God. I'm just, I'm just going to be happy to be there, man. Just watch me. I'm running. I'm running. I'm running down New Jerusalem. Just running. There he goes again. Just Brother Perkins. He's just so happy. Look at him. Running. I can't wait, man. The foundation of the city was garnished with all manner of precious stones. Uh, all manner of precious stones. Ladies, you like, you like jewelry? You like fine precious stones? Stay with him. The street of the city was, a, was as gold, as transparent as glass. We have not seen perfected gold like that. And this is going to be the city that we will be a part of forever in the new world, the Bible says. The city had no need of the sun or moon to, uh, to shine in it because God and the Lamb is the light of it. Now, what this means is this. Some people have used this verse to say that in the new, in, in the new world there will be no sun and moon. That's not true. Just in the city where, where, where God will reside and the Lamb, there will be no need of the sun and moon uh, because the glory of God will, uh, will be the greater light. But on the other side of planet Earth, down under, they will still have the ordinance of the sun, moon, and stars. I read to you earlier that the sun, the moon, those ordinances are eternal. Uh, we're going to have the seasons. That's eternal. The Earth's going to still rotate. That was always the will of God. That was always the will of God. We're going to have it. It's going to rotate. The universe is going to flow just like God had it to flow. The tree of life uh, was in the city for all to eat. It yielded a new fruit every month. I love that. It's going to be uh, uh, the tree of life that Adam and Eve could not partake of in that sinful state. In the new world, uh, the tree of life would be in the heart of Jerusalem. 
uh, a heart of the New Jerusalem, and we would be able to partake of the tree. The Bible said the leaves of the tree was for the healings of the nations. Uh, these are the nations that come out of the millennial kingdom. They would be allowed to eat of the tree of life for their healing. They're born again. They got saved in the millennial kingdom. So they will have a right to eat of the tree of life and have eternal life. I love this next one. There will be no more curse in the earth. No more curse. The curse will be lifted. It's going to be a, a, a wonderful world. A pure river of water of life as clear as crystal will proceed out of the throne of God. Now, what I'm doing, I'm just giving you some bullet points here from Revelation 21, 22. Uh, I would encourage you to go back and just take your time and just, just go through those verses. Uh, let me tell you, boy, our eternity is going to be so awesome. And see, God wants us as sons and daughters of God to know the future so you can properly communicate it with a world that don't know you. A lot of people turn away from God or turn away from the book of Revelation because they think it's all doom and gloom. It's not all doom and gloom. Uh, it's going to end beautiful. Now, I got a few minutes to close. We're going to close up with the living conditions of the eternal state. And I love this. I love this picture I found online. This is a beautiful picture. We know that based on the word of God, that, etern that the eternal world will be just like today but with many exceptions. In other words, our eternity is going to look just like this current world today, but it won't have the sin. It won't have the devil, different things like that. We're going to have a world like today, and we'll be able to interact with people, you know. Uh, tonight, my, my, uh, my twin is with me tonight. I'll be able to go over to his house and fellowship with him in the new world. He'll be able to come to my house and fellowship in the new world. We're, we're, we're going to do that. I'm going to come over to your house. Yeah, I'm gonna, I mean, got eternity there. I, I can visit everybody's house. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be exciting. Look at this. In this new world, God himself and the lamb will live in the city. Father God's going to come down and rest in the city. We'll be able to see, the, see Father God. There will be no more death in the earth at all. Nothing will die. Now, I must, I must say this. I don't think we'll eat meat in the new world. Some people say, Brother Perkins, no steak, no ribeye. I'm sorry. I don't think we will. I don't think we will. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, we're gonna, it's going to be the way God meant it in the very beginning. And again, I really believe at that time we probably won't, won't even desire uh, flesh at that time. So right now, I'm going to eat a T-bone or ribeye. There will be no more crying or pain or suffering ever. I get this question, Brother Perkins, when we step into the eternal world, what about our loved ones who didn't make it? If I'm thinking about my loved ones, I mean, that won't be heaven for me if my loved ones are not that. Well, I personally believe that we won't have memory of those that don't make it. Now, I'm going to give you a verse here, I think, that will, will kind of help us to see that. Uh, Isaiah 65, 17 says this. For behold, God says, I create new heavens and a new earth. And the former, the old world, the old things, things that are associated with it, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. Uh, some, some translation says on that latter part, come into mind, they say, or come into heart. I believe it's the eternal world. We're gonna, he's going to totally wipe away the sorrow of those who are not with us. And I really believe that. He said, we won't even remember, we won't even think about it. It won't even come into our mind. Not only that, but we're going to be so caught up with this new world. It's going to be awesome. I'm almost done. There will be nations in the new world, and they will bring their glory into the City, you know, nations will be in the new world. Nations was always the will of God. Now, nations going to bring their glory into the new world. It's going to be awesome. 
Satan nor his angels will, will be a part of the new world. There will be no sinners in the earth, only the righteous. He's going to put the, uh, the locksmiths out of business. If you're a locksmith, I'm sorry. No more locksmiths. There will, uh, we, uh, we will have our homes, our dwelling places in the new earth. The, the place Jesus promised is going to come down and we will have our dwelling places in there. We, uh, uh, we will at, at that time inherit all the earth as God promised it. We're going to really experience everything that God had promised us. It's going to be awesome and beautiful. Again, saints, we cannot imagine uh, what eternity is going to look like, but it's going to be beautiful. And again, God has promised this for us. I mean, our eternity with God is going to be so beautiful. We're currently in the church age, but we have a, a, have a, 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 a prophetic path where we're headed to the eternal state, and there we will live forever upon a new earth. Isn't that exciting? I want you to bow your hearts as we close tonight in prayer. Father, we love you. And again, I thank you so much. Oh, Lord, you just, Lord, you just tickle our, our, uh, our hearts regarding eternity. Lord, what you have restored for us is going to be uh, far more than we can ever imagine. And Lord, I pray tonight to God that as we just shared this word, Lord, let it encourage our hearts to be students of the word. But Lord, also let it challenge us to challenge a world that don't know you. Lord, many people today in this world have no hope beyond their present day. Lord, help us to communicate hope beyond the present time. And Lord, I thank you tonight again for, uh, for going to Calvary's cross and dying for me. And I want to say, if you're here tonight, you don't know Christ, listen, don't leave this world without him. All you got to do is receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you'll have life tonight. So, Lord, we thank you now, and we give you all the honor and all the glory. Bless your people, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Isn't God good, saints? Hallelujah.